Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast with me, Neil. And yeah, I don't need to introduce the guest I have today. Um, I am delighted to be joined by the wonderful Fabrizio Romano. Um, needs no introduction. I'm not even going to try and give him an introduction <laughs> because, as we say, the only thing you can really say when you have Fabrizio Romano on is, here we go. And uh, hopefully, as I say, um, Hopefully we get some breaking news and transfers as it comes through. For <laughs> hey, with some real life possible. With us, some real life possible. Thank you, Neil, for the invitation. First of all, thank you for the kind words. Really, big pleasure to talk. Aston Villa with you in these busy days for Aston Villa, and really, really happy to talk together. Thank you again. Absolutely, and. Um... I suppose we might as well just get straight into the, I suppose, the what I've been terming the soup of the day. And it's uh, Jack Grealish, no longer an Aston Villa player. And I, I'm, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about him because I don't want to cry live on camera. Um, but <laughs> obviously, Jack Grealish is no longer an Aston Villa player. But um, it was, it did seem, and, and, and obviously, you know, I don't want you to give away your sources or anything like that, but it did seem that there was a bit of a tug of war between both City and Aston Villa and the player himself. And what kind of, I suppose, what I want to really ask is, when did you know for sure that, that, that Jack Grealish was, uh, was going to leave Aston Villa? If you want the truth, uh, saying for sure, I mean, when I say here we go, so I was yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. It was on it was Wednesday, Wednesday night. It was okay. Wednesday night. Yes, the day. Yes, Wednesday night because um, Wednesday evening, I would say Wednesday night when they signed the paperwork. Because I'm told that till the last minute and also during the the afternoon, Aston Villa were trying to change the situation. Were trying to change Jack Mind. They were really trying and trying and trying. And timing is this deal has been really a key factor because if Aston Villa and Manchester City have completed the deal this week. Jack was going to sign a new deal with Aston Villa. So 
there were huge chances for the player to stay. Of course, Manchester City were pushing since a lot of weeks. They were uh, contacting his agent, the player, and Aston Villa. But then there were also some tense moments between Aston Villa and Manchester City. And that's why since one week last Thursday, the official negotiations were up to the most important people in the club. It was not just about the sport director, but it was about the most important people and influential people in the club uh, because they were needing to find a solution. Uh, I think they found a good solution for both sides, also allowing Aston Villa during this week to do their business in secret Mm -hmm. and in silence. And this has been really so, so smart from Aston Villa, in my opinion. And that's how they ended up with the deal. And and I suppose the that and that's some really good insight that you gave there with regards to you know that there was, you know Aston Villa put up a very very good fight uh, to try and keep Jack Grealish. And I know to be a Christian Perslow that came out and, and gave what I think, and I am biased being an Aston Villa fan. <laughs> I think it was a very classy speech last night um, with regards to, to you know the status of Aston Villa Football Club with with Jack Grealish there as well. Um, when when the, the the transfer was announced or not even announced when the transfer was rumored and you mentioned there on Wednesday, um, it started to trickle through about a more concrete view of an actual um release clause in in Jack Grealish's contract. For somebody like you who's involved in and gets gets wind of a lot of transfers, was that something that was known early on in negotiations or was that something that came to light as uh, as negotiations went on? And I suppose what I'm really talking about here was, would that have been something that you would have known weeks prior and maybe wouldn't have made it out into the into the ether? Now, to be honest with you, since many and many weeks uh, there were rumours about this kind of close also around the player, not just around the clubs, but also around the player. Mm-hmm. But from two sides of the negotiation, Aston Villa and player side have been always denying this kind of clause. So always saying there is no clause is not true. From Manchester City, they were not commenting this kind of thing. And it means that, as always, uh, release clause are part of a private agreement. So they can say what they want and then they can do what they want because it's normal also with the media, with this kind of transfer, the most important transfer of the Premier League to do something like this and to do their business. That's why the situation of the release clause was not... Uh, public till the last days but I think that um, it was part of a strategy you know I think there is a lot of strategy in this transfer as I said before this one of the risk close of course but also I can say that in my opinion is part of the strategy also seeing how in the last week since they made the official bid on Friday but they started the official talks last Thursday between the two clubs in this week, they've been allowed from Aston Villa, from Manchester City. They were not commenting on the deal. They were keeping it quiet. Okay, we knew about Manchester City and Aston Villa working to complete the deal, but they were keeping it quiet to allow Aston Villa to sign Leon Bailey, to sign Danny Inks with no rappers on Danny Inks, with rappers on Leon Bailey, but signed in 24 hours in negotiation with Bayer Leverkusen. So it's been a lot of strategy on the release clause and a lot of strategy about the communication side for both clubs. And in my opinion, they've been really smart. I am a journalist, so for me, my point of view should be maybe different, but I think they've been really smart from fan side and from Villa side. Yeah. And, and talk to me as well about, about Leon Bailey and, and the Danny Ings uh, piece for Aston Villa. Obviously, Christian Porzlow has come out recently, oh, he came out yesterday in the same interview that I mentioned, and he said that you would be foolish to try and replace a Jack Grealish with one player. And I think everybody would agree because he's such a different type of player than is even in European football at the moment. Um, and he's so different to us being what we built our team around. But a player like Leon Bailey coming in from the, from the Bundesliga, um, you mentioned there that there was a very quick turnaround 
in the transfer from negotiations to to signings. And you mentioned with Danny Ings that there was like if Danny Ings can keep a secret as well as he can score a goal. Sorry, if Danny Ings can score goals as well as he can keep a secret, well, then we're going to get a 20 goals, goal a season striker. But um, the, 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 the thing I'm trying to say, the question I'm trying to ask here is, in your circles when you're talking to people, what's the view of Aston Villa Football Club and how they do business and their board at the moment? Because we've had, we've, we've had some people who didn't have the best reputation in recent times as owners or as negotiators and it's we get the feeling that the club has kind of grown up from that point of view. Do you have any insight on that? Yes, I have exactly the same feeling. And if you let me say, I think that now the best clubs on this point of view, so I'm talking about the strategy, how they're doing it, I think in the last three or four years have been a part of the top historical clubs. But I'm mentioning mm-hmm. Leicester and I'm mentioning Atalanta in Italy because they are doing something really interesting. And I will mention now from this summer also Aston Villa. From, for how, how they're working on the deals. Uh, as you say, they're growing up on the situation, but I see them really with a good strategy in communication in how they continue and, and, and use sometimes the most screens. For example, Tammy Abraham. They've been asking for Abraham, but at the same time, they were negotiating to sign the Nings. So, you know, they've been really smart in this kind of situation. Uh, they know when is the moment to go and to complete the deal because, for example, for Lane, for Lane Bailey, I'm told that many clubs were interested also from other countries, making inquiries, uh, exploring the situation maybe for the last two weeks of, of August to try something with Bayer Leverkusen. Aston Villa be really smart to go at the right moment and to do the deal immediately. We're not losing time, convincing the player, reaching an agreement on personal terms immediately after they had an agreement in place with Bayer Leverkusen. So the strategy has been perfect with both players. The strategy has been huge, in my opinion, also with Emi Buendia because Arsenal were keen on him. Mm-hmm. It was a total negotiation, absolutely not easy for Aston Villa and they've been perfect, perfect in the strategy. So in my opinion, they are really, really growing up on this kind of situation and talking with people like agents, like directors around the situation about Aston Villa is considered really different now. Uh, they they know how to do it and I think that together with Leicester and Atalanta, now we can include also Aston Villa about the smart clubs in, in football because they know that sometimes you have to sell players. He's part of the game. I know Jack Rillish to you is more than a player, he's more than, more than a legend, he's something historical for the club and, and of course uh, I can understand your feelings. But at the same point, in modern football, receiving this kind of bid, 100 million pounds for a player after COVID, it was an opportunity for everyone involved in this in this deal. And that's why they've been really smart in doing business before selling Jack Grealish. Because if you want to sign Danny Inks and Bailey, maybe now they're asking you 40 or 45 or 50 million euro, not 30 million euro pounds. So they've been incredible. And I think the feeling around the club is completely different now. We've mentioned the price tag, and you've mentioned it there—the one hundred million uh, million pounds. It's it's eye-watering money. I I don't think I ever thought I would ever see an Aston Villa player leave for one hundred million pounds, and and for it to be Jack Grealish, it, it gives me. A, it's a weird feeling, Fabrizio. I kind of proud that we have the the most expensive uh, British transfer of all time and the most yes. expensive British player of all time. I, I'm proud. I'm obviously also sad. I don't want to leave him or to lose him because of the 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 memories that we have. But do you think that? And are you hearing anything from the from from your sources that Aston Villa are likely to continue to invest that 100 million? I think yes. I think yes. They will keep going on this kind of. 
of deals as they did with Leon Bailey, with Buendia, with, with Dan Inc. So expect something else from, from Aston Villa. They are working on it. I expect Wanzebe from Manchester United to join in the coming days. So they're, they're going to continue this kind of process. And uh, I don't know if they will spend the world money or if they will spend just a part of this money. But of course, they're working on it. They're working on it and they're working to do something important. They want to keep the team at a good level as they are doing since since mm-hmm. many and many and many times. So they always had this kind of idea of if we have to sell Jack Grealish this summer, we have to be prepared and we have to invest this money. I don't know, as I said, if it will be the full money or if they will keep something maybe for the future is part of also for the balance of the club, is part of the of the modern world in football. Look at Inter, maybe they are selling Lukaku and they're spending spending the 30% of what they're getting for Lukaku because they need money. Aston Villa are not exactly needing money now, in particular after selling Jack Grealish, but they have a good strategy and a good budget to spend on the market. So I think they will continue in the coming days. It's not gonna finish with any inks, that's it. I am going to make an attempt to pronounce an Italian newspaper for Britio. So I apologize to the whole nation of Italy. I apologize to the whole nation of Italy for the for the bad job. Il Messaggero, Messaggero. Perfect. Better than Italians. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Those four days I spent in Rome two years ago, absolutely perfect. Um, Have they ran a story today? Um, mm-hmm. linking and this is this, there's there's kind of two parts to this question. They linked uh Joaquin Carrera from Lazio to, to Aston Villa, and I suppose number one is um, uh, you know, is it, have you heard anything on that? And I suppose number two question for that is, is th- does this sound like maybe papers and agents linking a player to Aston Villa just because we are a topical team at the moment that have 100 million spent. Sometimes could happen. I see, you know, the industry so well and sometimes could happen that they are linking. They say, okay, they sold Grealish. They maybe don't even know that they signed mm-hmm. Bailey because in Italy, maybe they are not following international transfer market like this. And they say, okay, Aston Villa could be an opportunity. Let's do this. But uh, from what I'm told at the moment, there is nothing advanced for Korea. It's an interesting opportunity on the market. We have to say that maybe it could be an opportunity because uh, talking about ideas and scenario could be an opportunity because he's on the market. He wants to change. He wants to try something different after many years at Lazio, but from what I'm told, Aston Villa have not made any bid as of now, and Inter are keen on him. If they sell Lukaku, they want to sign two strikers. One could be Duvan Zapata from Atlanta and the other one Correa. So at the moment for Aston Villa, it's not a hot topic. Then we will see because it's an opportunity, but I see part of the industry in this more than part of reality, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's... uh... But yeah, that's the, that. I thought you were going to it's say so, that. It's so similar. <laughs> it's so similar also to Emi Buendia, like, like also skills of the players. So I don't think they are going to put in competition to so similar players. Both Argentinians are not so smart from a club, from my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, we spoke about finances and football. I think it would be remiss not to mention probably the best footballer, best footballer I've ever seen. And that's not Jack Grealish um, and his transfer status at the moment or his free transfer status. I never thought I'd ever hear the day when Messi might be on a free transfer. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to ask you to give me blow by blow and minute by minute recant of what happened there. But was your yes. mind was your mind completely blown when that happened? Like, because it seemed to be so it seemed to be just a matter of time before he resigned with Barca and they came out today. And I watched your stream on Twitch, which was really good with, yes, with, with Laporte. Um with, with with Laporte explaining why, but like, like we have to fear for Barcelona now, don't we? Yes, yes, yes. Man, first of all, I answer your question, and 
I was shocked. If you want to, to know about this, I was more than shocked. It was the biggest shock if we talk about level of the player and of the club and of the news of my life and career in football because I was I was hundred percent sure and as Laporta confirmed today that they had an agreement in place. It was done. I can tell you that they had an official statement with Leo Messi staying at Barcelona for the next five years ready and in place for yesterday at eight PM. So they were ready to announce the new contract. And then yesterday they had final problems with La Liga rules. La Liga were stopping them. They were forcing them into not doing anything on this contract because they can't. They were convinced that with the contract of Messi, uh, going with a five-years contract instead of a two-years contract, so going with his salary on five years and not on two yes. years, uh, they could fight, fix the situation and finalize the, the contract. But it was not like this. But yesterday, Messi was in Barcelona with his father to sign the contract with Barcelona. Yesterday morning and yesterday night, he was leaving Barcelona as a free agent and talking with Paris Saint-Germain. So sometimes football is really crazy. I keep saying that it was done. And I'm happy that today Laporta confirmed that everything was decided and agreed. But I think it's also part of the beauty of the transfer market where everything, really everything can happen. Imagine that Leo Messi is leaving Barcelona after having an agreement on his contract. And it's something crazy if you think that Maybe two years ago, before COVID situation and this kind of financial situation, they would never be in this kind of, of disaster for Barcelona. And so it was not a problem to sign Leo Messi contract. Now they are leaving Leo Messi as a free agent and this incredible. So they are in trouble, to answer the other your question. Yes, they have many and many players on the market. So maybe someone could be interesting for Aston Villa, I don't know, in the next days. But they have many players on the market. And when you think of the names, you see Miral and Pjanic, you see Felipe Coutinho, you see Samuel Umtiti. I can mention many and many players, Bright White and many others uh, on the market. They are available because they need to get rid of the players. And from what I'm told, they have problem also to register Eric Garcia, Cunaguero and Depay as new players, because they need to sell players to do it. So it's, it's really a big disaster for Barcelona. But to be honest, it's not, sub, it's not up to the president Laporta. It's because the former president, Bartomeu, created this problem to the club. Yeah, I'm sure every Aston Villa fan will wait for the here we go for uh, Griezmann <laughs> and Conaguero. And wouldn't it be just, wouldn't it be great to get one back in Man City whereby they thought that uh, Conaguero was going to go to Barcelona and he ends up at Aston Villa? Yeah, that's okay. I think we could do that. Um, just before I let you go, Fabrizio, just nice. before I let you go, um, you. I, got I got word that you are a Watford fan. Yes. And uh, I, I was trying to put yeah. two and two together, and then I realized that Watford have, Watford have obviously Italian ownership uh, as, as such, but what was the draw to Watford? I was watching the famous match uh, Leicester, Watford-Leicester uh, in, in the playoff, and it was incredible. I still remember the feeling I had with Manuel Almunia saved the penalty and then Troy Dean scored. Mm -hmm. So that's how it started. And then immediately after I started looking at the Watford situation about the Italian ownership, getting in touch with people in the board about uh, about Watford. They invited me one time at Picarage, but as a football fan, I was a journalist, but just as a football fan. And it was amazing because I knew some players that were playing in Italy, like Valon Berami, Miguel Britos, mm -hmm. some players of Watford they were before in Italy. And so my feeling at Vicarage was great. And so it was a series of many things together. And then one, so once I started to play on FIFA, on Football Manager, always with Watford, my link with the club became something strong. And that's how I knew Watford fun, yes. 
Yeah, I'm glad you didn't go into too much detail about Tridini because we, we don't like him around these parts. We I know, don't like Tridini around these parts. So uh, I'm glad I'm glad you didn't go into, into too much detail there. But um, I was, if we weren't in these COVID situations that we were in now, I was going to say that uh, I was uh, pe travel pending, uh, hoping to get over to Vicarage Judge to see if I could get uh, an away ticket for Watford and Aston Villa, which is the first game of the Premier League season. And yeah, I was going to invite you to come and we could watch yeah. it together and see. Without uh, quarantine rules, it would have been great. It, it would have been, it would have been great. Uh, but uh, but alas, there will be other games, and I'm sure that both yes. both teams are are going to going to progress well within the Premier League this season. I'm sure. So I suppose very last word on transfers for Aston Villa. Your phone hasn't there isn't your phone hasn't pinged there to tell you that oh. Aston Villa have signed. At the, at the moment, no, <laughs> but maybe later we will see. <laughs> we'll Excellent. Keep you I, I like that. I like that. I like that intrigue that you're leaving us. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Aston Villa are good with the business. They are top secret, so it's not this. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. And you know what? I, there was a time when I didn't like that, but the more I see how professionally run this club is, the more I can really? appreciate it and the more the more pride you kind of get from seeing that the communication yes, style, as you say, and the strategy. Uh, so. I will have the same feeling as a fan, so I 100% agree with you. Excellent. 100%. Fabrizio, thank you so much for popping on. Really appreciate it. It's been an absolute thank pleasure you. to chat to you and hopefully we chat again in the future. And, um, you know, hopefully we get to hear many, many more. Here we go from Fabrizio with the Aston Villa um, tag behind it. <laughs> I hope for you, for Aston Villa, good luck for the season and good luck for your projects. Really appreciated the chat and looking forward to talk again whenever you want. Thank you. Really. Excellent. Thank you so much. And to Thank everybody you. out there, thanks so much for watching, for listening. Please like and subscribe to this, um, whichever platform you use, whether it be YouTube or any of the podcast platforms. And all that's left to say is up the villa. <laughs>